You are now listening to Pull Hook Golf, an unfiltered golf podcast taking you inside the ropes with unfiltered stories, insights, analysis, and exclusive interviews. Welcome back, everybody, to Pull Hook Golf, the podcast. This is episode number 54. I'm your host, Matt Cook. We've got Bobby Brown here as our co-host. And man, Bobby, <laughs> it's another week. <laughs> so, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I my lip. <laughs> Didn't have to work Saturday. <laughs> I, there was not a Saturday work day for Bobby. Saturday off. He got we? a weekend off. Uh, <laughs> he's had a lot of weekends off, but he's also had to work some Saturdays. We're going to need those TPS reports, okay, Bobby? All right, now, the week in review obviously is going to be a big topic here today. Uh, we've also got the Valspar Championship recap. We've got the upcoming World Golf Championships Dell Technology Match Play event in Austin. Uh, Bobby's home this week, so we're going to do a deep dive into the analysis and everything going on there. We've also, because it is a WGC event, we have the upcoming Corrales Puntacana Championship, which if you've ever been out to Puntacana, it's a great place. Um, you know, Teeth of the Dog is out there and a couple other good golf courses. But we've also are going to be talking a little bit about a golf league concept because Live Golf Tucson, we're going to recap that at the very end. But it just seems like things aren't exactly clicking on all cylinders. So we've got some thoughts around it, or should I say I've got some thoughts around it, and I want to get some of Bobby's take on it and have a little back and forth there. But Without further ado, folks, story time with Matt and Bobby. Bobby, yeah. I already know what your week was like, but Wait, why, uh, why don't, don't you, you share? Well, why don't you go first? You want time, me to go man. first? Okay. Yeah, you go first this that, time. I gotta change my luck, man. You I gotta. Go yeah, it may, nobody it's, wants to hear the same fucking shit from me. The last seven episodes, in so you fire away with some happiness. Bring happiness. Well, here's the great thing: it's almost like a scramble partner. When all of a sudden, you know, you got the one guy that's always the closer, the last guy to hit, and all of a sudden, you're like, "Oh fuck, we've made three pars in a row in this scramble tournament. We yeah. need to switch things up." That's yeah. what we're doing right now. We're gonna switch it up. I'm gonna go first. So Let me say, you hit this putt first this time, Matt. Yeah, so I'm gonna hit the putt. First. Yeah. yeah, you hit the putt first this time. I've been missing man. a right lot of putts. No. Um, so first of all, um, man, you almost got me stumbling here because I we've got I our little rhythm and everything. This is yeah. good. You got you okay. got me on my toes. Keeping but you going, kid. Yeah, the in-laws were in town, so uh, obviously, if uh, you've been listening to the podcast, I got married, went on a honeymoon. In-laws stayed, so they stayed throughout. They actually watched our dog, Happy, who is named after Happy Gilmore. And we also have a fish named Gilmore. Um, right. So that kind of wraps up the family. But they stayed out here, and guess what? Friday right. afternoon came around, and that's normally when I go out and play some golf with the lads at the Shads. So fifth Mountain Shadows, it's let the fifth major that. out there let, let every Friday. That for everybody. Fifth major. Fifth major. Um, and so they came out, and they, they had met the lads at the Shads at the wedding, and sure enough, they wanted to see us in action. And boy, did we not disappoint. We even had an accident out there, Bobby. So... Like Card accident, a golf yeah. card accident. <laughs> yeah, it was it was, it was unbelievable. Um, we it was only three holes in, so there wasn't that anybody was wasted or anything like that. But it was a common golf mistake because uh, actually I should say it was an uncommon golf mistake. 
So the in-laws were in a cart right behind me. The lads in the shads were a cart behind them and another cart behind them. Well, it's a par three course. So normally you're going to drive all the way up to the green. Well, right. I decided, you know, there's a golf ball. Uh, we actually had my father-in-law go ahead and hit on a hole, which he's not a very big golfer. So it was awesome to have him go ahead and hit a shot, but he hit it a little wayward. So I went to drive the cart over in the desert and go pick up the golf ball. Well, he didn't know what to do. He didn't know whether to follow me or continue up the golf hole because they don't golf all that often. Sure enough, the first cart for the lads of the shads came to a complete stop because they were paying attention. Well, there happened to be one more golfer all the way in the back that wasn't paying attention. And before you know it, all of a sudden, and I'm, I'm over on the side. So I'm look, all of a sudden I hear it. I hear the smack of the golf cart. And then I turn and out of the corner of my eye, I see one of our guys tumbling down the hill out of his golf right. cart. So granted, he really, he, I'm not going to use any names here, uh, but he picked himself up and he ended up playing some great golf for 22 holes, but he has been on the injured reserve list, Bobby, for the better part since Friday. He has not been able to play any golf. He's a little banged up, uh, might have a broken arm. We don't know. He might be suspended from the golf course. for <laughs> No cart damage, no cart damage. It was bumper to bumper, so it saved the day. That actually reminds me of a, a jet ski accident I had, which it wasn't me. Um, it was actually, never mind. We're not going to yeah, get no, into that no, story. That's a longer story. But I had a strong showing coming back. Everybody thought and was asking Alyssa because Alyssa was out there, my wife. And they're asking her, they're going, wait a second. Was Matt playing the entire time in Tulum? Do they even have golf courses in Tulum? So I got all these comments going on. They're like, oh, my God, he for sure was playing the entire time. Because I came out firing, Bobby. I birdied the first hole. It was pin position four, which if you know me and Pablo, we go back and forth with pin position four. I really get... Uh, a great amount of angst when pin position four comes up but i had my revenge right i shot a couple under the uh a couple weeks back sure enough i kept that streak alive and you know for not picking up a golf club in two weeks i ended up shooting one over and that was through 17 holes so there's you know a little caveat here bobby you know why don't you <laughs> why is that the toad, toad poison toad, <laughs> toad venom and you want to know why i'm bringing this up Check this out. Are you sitting down right now? Yeah, yeah. You watch Ted Lasso? Are you a Ted Lasso? No. Fan? Yeah, I love wow. Ted Lasso. No, you no, no I love Ted Lasso, but okay. I haven't seen the new episode okay. or the new series. Number one's out, okay? And Ted doing one of his, I'm not going to let you in on any oh. sneak peeks or anything like that, but uh, Ted tells the bus driver to get the bus ready that he's taking the team somewhere for a little motivation, right? So this bus driver is an old, like, hippie dude or something like that so the bus driver rolls up takes him that's him out the bus driver walks up goes uh how long are you gonna be to coach last off he goes i don't know hour two hours he goes okay no problem because i'm gonna smoke a little toad's venom right now <laughs> oh and Ted Lasso looks at the other coach and he goes, what's he talking about? He goes, don't worry. He'll be perfect when we get back in two hours. He'll know everything and have it all figured out. So, boom. It's You're true. not alone. I, I am not alone. And I will say this. It was a completely different experience because even when I made some bad bogeys out there, I didn't yeah. get mad, Bobby, which you is a it? new one for me. I just kind of it, – it's the weirdest thing – because that anger isn't there anymore. It's almost like, you know, 
I, I need to get better. And that's all that there is to it. I need to practice more. I need to get better. And there's almost like this internal kind of search around that to where it's like, listen, if I made a bogey there, then I haven't practiced hard enough or enough. And Mm -hmm. granted, I'm also coming off of not picking up a golf club for two weeks. So that could be part of it. But I definitely felt a little bit different out there. And I think the guys would attest to that as well. But the reason why we couldn't play hole number 18 was because we were playing during a wedding block. So the wedding block, they block it off because there's a wedding that goes on just about every Friday and Saturday uh, out there at Mountain Shadows. And sure enough, where is the wedding taking place? Right by the 18th hole. So we couldn't play 18. So I shot one under, or sorry, one over through 17 holes. And I, once again, played pin position four pretty well. It's no longer a nemesis to me. Good for you. Yeah, Proud that was my week. Thanks, I appreciate that. You know, chill you out. You're probably gonna go yachty every time you play now. Since you just mentioned that, there was uh, all the guys did also say, "How quickly can we get to Tulum? <laughs> is there yeah. a, is there a flight tonight?" Um, so yeah, there was that as well. But Bobby, uh, we they all the only ones. I know we all well. I told you, I, I can hook you up with the people and everything. You can get down there. Um, right we on. just got to trick uh, Troy into heading down. Um, but you, your week, mm-hmm. why don't you go ahead and just clue, clue us in here to the mental mindset of Bobby Brown on another Well, PGA good. It's week. good now because it's good. It's my mental mindset is really good now because as I was sharing with you, I'm home. You know, I'm home this week. Um, and honestly, I started thinking about it, Matt. I am, I'm trying to think how long I've been on the road and we did not play Torrey Pines. That was in February. We weren't going to play Honda, but I got that last second, uh, Sungjae opportunity to go there where I actually came home for, I might've been home for two days. So I have not been home since you can just say one week or nine days since January. So it's good to be home. It's, it's on sucky circumstances. Because I try, because I drove a six and a half hour drive that took about fucking eight hours to get back with traffic and spring break and everything, getting out of Florida, and that is a long time to sit in your car in a car by yourself if you're a caddy and you wonder how a guy that played so good last year has just missed seven cuts in a row, and that you try and think back to your memory, like I've never been involved in this kind of eject i almost said ejecto see that was a Freudian slip right there. i've never been involved in this situation i will tell you in 2014 i think it was i i made the bull move of of going from brendan Steele to matt every and matt every i caught matt every in one of those deals too but at least in the middle of it was a wgc you know was a bridgestone no cut event so it wasn't it wasn't like stringing that that many in a row and that time with matt was frustrating but he you know you could tell he was lost but he was still fighting it out he's missing cuts by a shot or two or something like that and you know but this deal right now is fucking it's um uh it's tough and i'll just tell i'll just tell you i'll tell everybody out there what i just shared with you earlier you, you know, when things are going bad, you dig it out of the dirt, right? It's fucking, you got to dig it out of the dirt. You get out of it what you put into it. So I think that is, 
you know, something that Troy's probably, hope oh, I haven't happened to use this line before in previous episodes when we we're missing cuts, but hopefully that's something that, that is, he's thinking about in this off week in Boise. So I'll just leave that at that. You, you know, you can figure out what I'm saying right there, but I will take you back early into our week um, last week. And I'm not going to give out too much information or step on any toes or anything like that, but I solicited somebody's advice on what was happening with Troy, right? Or, or me or, or, you know, somebody we solicited some advice and we got some feedback from somebody that's pretty um, respectful. And one of the things, what's wrong? What's what's broken with Troy Merritt, right? What What is going, what is broken with Troy Merritt? And so, um, you know, his coach, Steve Dalby, who I love to death, has been racking his brain and could, couldn't seem to come up with something. So this so-called mystery person person reached out to me and said the two things this person said to me were things that I kind of already knew that I'd related before he gets long when he starts missing fairways he gets along with his driver right that's his tendency he'll be the first one to tell you that and I told you back at CJ Cup when we played absolutely horrible at CJ holy shit there was a no cut event I eight hours in the car and I forgot CJ Cup we actually did play the weekend there wow I feel so much better now type <laughs> six fifth motherfucker oh wow what a relief so, and, and I noticed on the range, he was getting super closed, right? And he was getting those stuck right shots where he yeah. almost got a bit. So, so we're standing on the range on Tuesday morning. I said, and I said to Troy, I said, listen, if blah, 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 if I got some advice or talked to somebody about something like that, would you be willing to listen to what this person, this famous person has to say, right? Oh, you talked to Butch Harmon. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying I talked to Butch Harmon, no. <laughs> No. <laughs> Ever since we shelled Claude Harmon and Pat Perez uh, on, on one of our podcasts, I got what has my been my communication with Butch Harmon? Oh, it's been when I hit that and when I knocked it on. You know, I didn't get to share the fact that I knocked it on the green on seventeen at the players. Oh my god, you didn't? Did you? No. Did I send you the video? No, you did. So I liked the video. I commented on yeah. it, and I was very That's proud right. of you. I yeah. Was on Instagram. So Butch, so if you ever, if you wonder where Butch Instagram is on, uh, what he is on, on what Butch is on Instagram, it's Coop thirty three fifty nine or something like that. C O U P. So if you ever see a Coop dive into somebody's, that's Butchy, that's Butch Harmon. But he gave me a little shout out. You still got it, kid, because I played some games with with him but the, okay so everybody i knocked it on 17 it was i'm like four for 16 there now and i was not nervous this, i was not nervous this time and it was fucking awesome there was a ton of people around and there were a ton of players standing on the tee and i was i was like i smoked toads venom i was so <laughs> calm out there you know and i made you know for a guy that has no width in his backswing i can still play golf i can get it fucking around i always have been able to get it around that was but picked straight up you're that. right there was Anyways, no way there. i got off track <laughs> so early in the week so i confront troy and i say if this so and so says would you be willing to you know digest some of this information and he goes oh yeah and i go driver swings getting long and he's like yeah that's the tendency and i go and you're closed as fuck you know what i mean so he's like, all right. So, and then this person's like, hey, have him see if you can get him to open up his feet. You know what I set up square, just kick the left toe in a little bit, swing down his feet line and hit feet line and hit nothing but cuts all during the practice round. I think I talked about this last you, week. So the first few holes, yeah, he kind of, I'll, I'll just go over it real quick. I'll make it. Yeah, no, no, you're you know, good. first few holes, I'm he talking about the, the flag. Cut. 
Yeah, the 25 or 30 footer. And then he got into his zone and everything like that. And I'm like, oh my God, I hope he plays this all week. Because last year when he was playing good, he did hit kind of a baby cut. And now I hear all this draw, draw, draw stuff. And I'm like, wait, I, it's 2023. I thought everybody was getting away from the fucking draw, draw, draw shit. You know, those one trick ponies, there's two or three. There's two or three of them that are really good at it. Chris Kirk and from the other side, B. Harmon, right? Brian Harmon's really good at drawing the ball in. But anyway, so... So when we're warming up on Thursday, I'm like, oh, my God, he's close. I'm on the rain stand behind him. And I'm purposely like I'm like looking down his feet line. So he realizes that I'm looking down his feet line without me saying, why are you so fucking closed right now? You know, <laughs> and I'm watching these balls start out to the right, but they're not like ugly like the players and everything like that. And I'm like, oh, fucking two steps forward, one step back is what I was thinking to myself. So we went out there and played on Thursday and we didn't play very good, but we somehow we scrapped it around in. Somehow we scrapped it around in one hour. But I will tell you, at the start of the round, everybody should know that we teed off on 10 and was fucking pumping. And he fucking made a 15-footer right off the bat. And then, you know, the next part, 511, is not really hittable, except it wasn't hittable that day. And he stuffed a wedge in there to like four feet. And he fucking ran. He caught an edge and he ran it by like five feet. So if I'm ever going to critique myself, here's how I'm going to critique myself. The moral of the story, folks, is he missed that five-footer coming back he missed the par putt coming fucking back and then he almost missed the bogey putt so he just three wiggled from fucking four feet literally fucking four feet matt did i mention it was four feet so anyways I, as i was critiquing myself that night as i always do i'm like you know what i should have done when he ran that fucking and i i'm kicking myself for not doing it but i'm like i should he didn't mark it the one coming back the par putt he didn't mark it he didn't kneel down and read it right after it hits an edge you're not going to really see how it breaks after it hits an edge and goes by the hole right because it's going to have some kind of funky spin he did he negated the whole fucking process thing and i all night i was beating myself up because i'm like you know when i saw him go to step into that putt, i should have said shit fucking slow the fuck down and mark that fucking ball and take a deep breath and let me just come over there and whisper sweet nothings in your ear for an eighth <laughs> of a second so you could get the fucking bullshit that is running through your fucking body out right now because he's sensitive right now it only takes something like that to fucking set him off you know and it sets me off too so anyways so we get around and one over but it looked like that was start that i was so i've always said if he gets off to a good start you know and the good start was staring him in the face and he actually drove it pretty good that day and then we came out on friday and teed off on one which is a par five and it was kind of early in the morning and the weather changed it was pretty pretty chilly but we drove it in this left bar you know it's the easiest part five on the golf course so we drove it in this bunker it looks like it's under the lip you get up there you're like you know from 100 yards away you're like god do we got a gap wedge out of this fucking thing and hit a fucking not that it's bad to hit a nine iron into a par five but it's a par five where you can hit four iron into in the second shot right so yeah, wasted so, opportunity He's a terror. Troy, I hope you're listening because this is something you need to practice on. You're a horrible fucking fairway bunker player right now, my man. Horrible. You know it cost us three shots last week. So he fats his fucking nine iron out in, in, into the rough. And the rough was spotty, right? But the rough's not spotty where balls go don't end up going all fucking week, you know? And then he plugged it in the front bunker. And the next thing I know, we bogey one, two, and three on Friday. Moving day. Early moving day for us, Friday. We bogey one, two, and three, and we're fucking four over already. And we got that text before the round started. They're going to single cut that famous Texas company mm -hmm. out now when they project the greens. We're going to single cut the greens, and we watered them appropriately or however they phrase it. 
which the conditions you thought the 30 or 40 mile an hour winds were coming in the afternoon, we kind of saw them towards the end of our round, Matt, but, but it, you know, it was almost that thing where you're like, oh, this is going to put this, this cut could push to three over, or, you know, it's definitely going to be two over. It ended up being one over because these guys are so good, but we, you know, fuck, we were four or five over all fucking day long. And then all of a sudden <clears throat> we made a nice birdie and he got back to, he got back to three over and we're on. I'm going to say it's 14, the other easy par five, right? And he roasted one down the fucking middle, but we still had to hit three wood in and he came out of it, shot right, somehow made par there. Then then bounces back and makes like a 25 footer for birdie to get to um, two over, right? And then the scariest tee shot asked Jordan Spieth on the golf course is 16, right? With the water, right? Oh, yeah. And Troy was in contention last year and did that on, on a Saturday and it made a double there. And he squeezes it right center, a little too close for comfort, but it's in the fairway, but he's got to hit this. He's got to hit a cut six iron kind of around this tree. You know, it's the same shot that we had at players um, when we restarted that I was moaning and groaning about when he made the double bogey and hit in the water and he pulled this thing left and made a double bogey from the middle fairway. And that's fucking it. That's all she wrote. Good night, Irene. Thanks for coming. Appreciate you. Know? you. And then we, yeah, we shook hands on the 18th green and he said, uh, I go, what are your travel plans? No, first thing I said was, what's the weather like in Boise next week? Hint, hint. You know, he goes, oh, it's going to be snowing and cold. And I like went to my phone that night and I'm like, that lying motherfucker. It's only snowing one day. You can go out and practice. It's mid, <laughs> it's mid fifties. And he goes, oh, I'm going to go home. I'm going to try and get out of here tonight so I can go home and get yelled at. And I'm like, oh, you get it too. So there, there you go. So all you women at home that are married to us guys involved in the job. And I'm just going to say this out of the deepest respect for Lori, because I'm home enjoying my life right now. But what, what what Lori has to do teaching school, waking up at six in the morning, get two kids ready, drop one off at one school, take one to another school with you, pack the lunches, pick them up, pick them up at aftercare, tutor, soccer practices three days a week, cook dinner, wake up, do the same thing five days in a fucking row. Work, go home, work, go home, work, go home. What a life. How does she do it? How do they do it? How does how does Troy's wife do it? I don't understand when we're gone all the time. So props to them that's a little kudos to the ladies to the real warriors out there yeah the rant for the the rant to the other sides and nobody ever complains when we're gone four or five weeks when you're making 20 or 30 grand a week as a caddy or something like that or you know what i mean but it doesn't take a genius to figure out that two thousand dollars a week and thank god i've been staying at places with you know that i have connections or family or, or friends to to offset to offset that is is good and how teachers make $44,000 a year and work that hard. Can you, can, can you tell me why firemen make 40 some thousand dollars? They're like first year or two. I can't fucking figure that out for the life no. of me. So, so my week was short. Yeah, it was. Well, I mean, I'm happy. Yeah. It, it's the perfect segue into the recap of the veil part. Veil part. <laughs> well, <laughs> I covered the part. bottom half. I caught yeah. covered the bottom half of the leaderboard. Did, did actually somebody actually win a tournament? <laughs> it was, and it was a first timer too. Good old oh, Taylor I'm, Moore. I know. I marched to the door. I told Lori, I go, I'm watching basketball. I'm not watching golf. I couldn't fucking wait 15 minutes and then go to the upstairs TV and I click it on. And I'm like, <laughs> What's going on up there? So Taylor Moore gets it done. First time winner, kind of a thoroughbred looking motherfucker. Did you see the look in his eyes? I always look at that when first timers try and win. And he looked 
man, he looked way more composed than Adam Shane. Let me tell you something about Adam Shane. He he is a fucking player, right? And but he has trouble. He runs through caddies. He beats the shit out of caddies. I told you a story. I think uh, seventeen at Southern Hills in the PGA last year when he was making a move. He was four or five. He was four or five under something and. And made a bad decision on 17 and and reamed his caddy a new one. And I was listening with Troy and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so lucky that I work for you, you know, that you would never pull that kind of shit and 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 scar yourself for the next, you know, hole or whatever. But uh, my point with Adam Shank is if you watch Adam Shank play golf or you hear him, you watch him warm up on the range or practice, it makes that sound, right? That sound that I was saying that Pearson Cootie makes, it makes that sound. It's that down and through ball striker iron swing. But Taylor Moore, I was comparing him to how Adam Shank would, was looking and how Jordan Spieth was looking because Jordan always looks a little bit frazzled to me. One of the greatest players of all time always looks frazzled to me, especially recently. Well, but ever kid, since 12 at Augusta. Yeah, I mean, ever before since that, yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he always looked very in control and with a lot of moxie and yeah. you were just like, oh, yeah. this kid's going to win everything. And then 12 yeah. at Augusta happened well, and something happened to Jordan. Moxie is a good word to describe how I was interpreting the the looks and the feelings and the vibe, the vibe that Taylor Moore was giving out yeah. because he looked like the veteran that had been through it before. And he looked calm, cool and collected. And I know he shot four under and that was a super low score out there. And the rest of those guys that were close to him shot probably one under, I think a handful of them. So he, I was super impressed with him, but you know, the word's been out, you know, the word's been out on him for a few years. He made it to the second playoff event last year, which is a big deal for rookie. I'm not exactly sure. I should have done a little more homework to see to tell you where he finished, but I probably finished somewhere around Troy in the high fifties or the low sixties or something like that. And he is, you know, he's not a big giant guy or anything like that, but he looks the part if that makes any sense. So when he's practicing, when he's warming up, I've noticed he looks the part. He is a Josh Gregory guy. You know, I rave about Josh Gregory with the short, game and that kind of stuff and josh Gregor is actually full everything and i think has kind of mentored this kid the last two or three years and daniel mentioned him to me at napa a couple of years ago he's like could you play with today dad and i go oh we played nine holes with some guy named taylor moore and he's like taylor moore's a stud dad and i'm like oh that's fucking that's why you're daniel g man you got it all figured out so he looked good he clipped he clipped shank and you know shank had a bad break out Dude, there shank know. that 18th hole was a mess I felt bad for, you know, I felt bad for him. Just that ball ending up there. I mean, I've been over there. We've all been over there a million times, you know, when you pull one over there. But some eight times out of 10, you got something up and over the trees, you know, and he did not have nothing except the left-handed wizard chip out. It's funny. I was listening to him on TV and they were trying to, they were trying to sell the fact to everybody that if he just advanced it out there 10 or 15 yards, the rough was all trampled down and everything. And he could, he could have a good angle at that flag and that kind of stuff. And, and um, uh, I don't know, I think his caddy did a good job at slowing him down because they talked out through all the scenarios and the possibilities and that kind of stuff. But you know, when you're in those situations, player knows best, right? So you give options and that kind of stuff, and you let them decipher what the shot is that they feel more comfortable with. And I don't think he thought he could get that much club left hand on it, left-handed, squirt into the rough, which is a terrible angle. It's a tough pin to get out with a, with a wedge, honestly. You know, that shelf up there, Matt, that top shelf is probably only five and a half yards deep or something, and you you can't hit it long. That's auto bogey there, and, you, you know, it's just – it kind of sucked. I mean, what sucked even more was I watched Jordan Spieth at the same drive on 16 on Sunday, that that block, white, bright, 
30 yards into the water that Troy had hit it on there Saturday. So I could relate to how he's feeling. But I will tell you what I, I did notice in that. You know what I noticed early in the week? Michael Greller was working really hard, Speed's caddy. He was out there walking during the Pro-Am before they even played the Pro-Am. And Troy's like, God, Greller's getting after him. I'm like, Greller's a worker bee. And he is a worker bee. But then I read in the paper the next day that Speed didn't come in and tell the Pro-Am, right? And he only was playing nine holes mm. of a practice so Mike was probably double walking a certain side. My point was I was going to bring up this story. So he wipes it on 16. And unfortunately, you need to be prepared as a caddy because that that water is about 90 yards off the tee box. Right. And you need to know, you know, the rough is really bad down there. You need to know where point A, point B, point C and a, maybe a B asterisk and a C asterisk cover are. Because I've had numerous guys hit it in that water who think they can just fucking hit a three or a four iron down there and cover all the water, which most of the times, if you have a good light, you can. But you got unless you've walked over there a lot, you, you got to know that there's trees overhanging left about 60 or 70 yards short that can block you on quite a few pins over there so my point was did you hear speed they were they were speed was telling well i just want to get in the fairway right mm -hmm. i don't care where I am. so speed had experience there and i was noticing and i'm not criticizing greller or anything like that but he didn't come out with any numerical facts which i thought you needed in in that situation he ended up popping it back out in the fairway and making that tremendous bogey putt anyways and then if i'm not mistaken he stiffed it on 17 and missed that putt didn't he which is unbelievable that, that what a what a what a giant ball sack he has from for hitting that that long iron left of the flag there you know nobody hits that thing left of the flag unless you're jordan spieth but you know another good showing is going to put him probably in in good spirits right now because he's kind of trending right now i would think a little bit would you agree I, I do i mean heading yeah. in the right direction heading into augusta national where jordan can putt lights out there so mm -hmm. as and that's a golf course where you can spray it yeah it is an approach play. shot i mean and the it, match, you, match play this week you know he spent a lot of time at austin country club he played it at ut oh sneaky you're shout playing. out to um uh, tommy fleetwood slash i got a uh uh oil change at butch Harmon. Uh, school of oil lube oh, and yeah. because remember i've kind of picked him a couple of weeks ago when i heard that he went in and dived in and saw butch real quick for a couple of days and so maybe some of that's showing um possibly showing right now i got a trender for our gamblers out there i've been watching this guy for a couple of years now he's a handful on the golf course he's a complete freak he fucking kills it he's got hands he does everything great wyndham clark is trending right mm. now and wyndham has been trending for probably I'm going to say four or five tournaments and he finished sneaky fifth last week or, or yeah, fifth solo fifth last week. And I think he only got beat a few shots, three or four shots, but for all of our gamblers out there, Wyndham Clark is kind of my papa's cherry. This I year. love that because he trains yeah. with the same uh, personal yeah, trainer. I do. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's funny. And... I saw Streelman on the putting green that I, I saw Streelman on the putting green and he was like, looking at me. He's like, Hey, what's up, Bob? And I'm like, God, I should fucking call him out. And, See if he knows Matt because they go to the same gym and everything like that. But I didn't, so don't get excited, Matt. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. But we did have a good conversation the one day. Um, yeah, I, I, and I'm, I'm, yeah. do you know his story? 
Oh my God. We got to talk well, about this at some point. Wait. Okay. Do you want to know my early Kevin Streelman story? Back when I was caddying on the web.com tour, I would on certain weeks off that time of the year, the web wasn't playing. Right. So I would chase Mondays with different players, you yeah. know, so back when it was fun, right? Yeah. Chase Mondays. So I was working on, I don't even remember who the Monday I was working for way back when Streelman even had status, but it was at McCormick Ranch. I can tell you that much. And um, a Streelman got through. Right. And uh, and he was carrying his own bag. And I saw him. I knew he got through. He posted the low number and I saw him go in the bathroom. So I'm like, here's my chance. Right. I'm going to go corner him while he's got his dick in his hand. How can he stay <laughs> So I go in there and I'm like, hey, I'm so and so, you know, I've got lucky a couple of times on the web.com tour, blah, blah, blah. I feel I don't know. Some people I feel like I'm a, I'm up and comer and our personalities. I don't even know him. Our personalities like get along great. Who don't I get along with? And uh, he goes, Oh no, thanks. I really appreciate it, man. But I got my buddy's going to come and caddy for me. So I cornered Streaming in the bathroom once, tried to get his wow, bag. Wow, good for you. Yeah. What I was mean, your you story? Gave, you gave you gave a <laughs> solid sales pitch. Now we'll, we'll have to get into it at some point. Maybe we can even have him on at some point. I'll talk to uh, the guys over there. But um, he he had quite the journey to get onto yeah. the tour to where yeah. you wouldn't believe it but riding around in a minivan and everything and going from i mean he didn't have two two dimes to rub together and that's why i mean as he went through his career and everything i mean it's such a that's what the pga tour needs to promote and needs to get out there but a story like that to be on something like full swing the netflix um show that would be a great story that really shows what the pga tour is all about and i know it's been talked about a little bit here and there as to some of the episodes and everything on there i mean i even heard on the uh, fire pit collective one of the guys were talking about the fact that they, after the first episode, he wouldn't watch the rest because he values his time too much. And after the first episode, he thought it was crap. So yeah, that's well, first where, episode would have been that. yeah, Jordan Spieth and uh, Justin Thomas, because everybody really already knows all that. So yeah, stories. Episodes. The three good episodes were the guy, were the, were the B guys, right? Joel yeah. Damon, Saeed Tagala, and I don't want to say those guys are great golfers, but B guys and well, Tony Fino is an A guy, but they're real guys with family, with with real shit, and you see their real life, right? You don't see the, you know, the twenty million dollar fucking pad, and you know, and I'm flying around on a private jet and just living the dream. Goes, everything that goes with that, the chick, the wife, or whatever, the closets, the cars, you know, they're yeah. not there. They're they're not tainted like that, I guess, no. so to speak. I'm gonna finish my I'm gonna finish my leaderboard rundown. Want me yeah. to? Um, one second. I have a question for you since we were talking yeah. about Jordan Spieth. Now, this yeah. is from a fan request, Tony Spurdelosi. He asked the question Tony. Did uh -huh. Jordan Spieth miss that putt on purpose? No. What the fuck? I almost fell out of my chair when I was reading your show notes and I'm like, Matt is high as shit right now. Where did that come from? That's so high right now. I, no, you know, it's funny. No I knew exactly how you were going to answer it. And yeah. we did not talk about it off air, but yeah. Tony's going to die laughing because I told him exactly how you would respond to that. Um, yeah. Now, could it be it's a touch of class? A of money, it's worth a lot. It's worth a lot of money and he's a fucking fierce is there a more of a fierce competitor on the pga tour than jordan spieth honestly name one john john no, and i did point out that during jordan spieth's struggles 
you'll yeah. notice with his putting, he missed a lot of short putts. Yeah. I, I just yeah. think it reared yeah. its ugly well, head. He does. We're, we're so he's been missing short putts for a while. He said, didn't he miss like 14 incher on at Hilton head or something? And he actually ended up winning because somebody didn't make a par or something on the last hole. I think that was, Oh gosh, you're jogging my memory there. Was that last year? Yes. Yeah. Some tiny little pot on the last hole at Hilton head and still hung on in one. Okay. Tied for six. I mean, solo six, Sam Burns, five under hasn't been playing well, but he is the King of Valspar with two previous wins. And then we had a three way T7, Matt Wallace. I can't really talk about him because I know you have a whole chapter on him that you want to discuss tonight. And I got some good stuff to add to it. <laughs> Cody Gribble finished Who seven. Who the hell Cody is Cody Gribble? Gribble. So he's a lefty that played at the University of Texas. He was on tour for a couple of years. He wasn't your star, star Texas guy, but he made it to the tour. He was making a nice living and then he fucking lost it. He lost everything. He lost his swing. He couldn't drive it on the planet. Caddies were gambling against him on a weekly basis and making tons <laughs> of money before we could not gamble on golf anymore and I had to sign my life away and watch a tutorial video. Thank you, PGA Tour. Does that and count penny bets against your co-host? I don't got a letter and Troy hasn't either, so that's a good thing. I wish they'd take me out of my pain right now, though. Um, uh, um, Cody Gribble is back, T7. But but the T7 I want to touch on is Webb Simpson because you know him and his, his caddy you read, did you read? Paltasori have split ways on Sunday night after 12 years, which I believe is the longest, one of the, if not the longest running relationship. That's a divorce. What a shock that is, because I can tell you that they were like brothers. Like Polly was a caddy before that with the drinking and the foosball and staying out late at night. And then Webb came into his life and everything changed. You know what I mean? Um, he found church. He found other ways to, spend his time he got married he had a son he's preaches the good word he's always positive he is like a you know unofficial leader of the caddies so to speak he he speaks for a lot of us and he's just a he's just a, a great guy but i'm i'm not surprised that he went to cameron young what i'm surprised about with the cameron young thing is because it was obviously internally set up because cameron young has the same agent um has the same agent as webb Okay. okay, and I know Polly, and I know Polly doesn't really like agents. We've had talks about certain agents before, so I'm not saying he doesn't like that agent. So when this Cam Young fired his buddy, um, uh, that is Chad Reynolds, who Polly is replacing right now, is Polly's best friend, and Polly got him the bag, and now Polly's coming in behind him. So I'm thinking that this thing was set up, like maybe could Bobby Brown conspiracy theory, like Polly knows that Web, ever since the Greens books are gone, Webb is not putting good. Ever since the Greens books are gone, think about it, Sungjae's not really putting, not really putting that great, even though he had a fantastic players he still missed some pots late that he probably should have made so i thought that maybe i'm like oh maybe paulie told chad say hey listen this is probably it could be my future bag here depending on webb's career and as if webb is going to stay um fit into more rider cup roles you, you know what i mean uh, coaching wise and possibly i would imagine webb simpson could possibly or be or he's that well liked a Ryder cup captain at some point so maybe things are changing and this was pre-set up but i didn't have the heart i'm pretty close with chad chad reynolds and i didn't have the heart to text him like a day or two days after it all hits the wire and everything like that but maybe i'll get some more information um on that because 
because me and Chad are buddies and he's just a good caddy and and there had to be something something funky had to happen there sounds think, like it yeah uh justin thomas the weight of the world on his back don't you think that don't, don't you think that like justin thomas has this kind of pressure like everywhere he tees it up he's like supposed to win do you ever think about that with him that's got to be some kind of pressure he, he played good t10 roy sabatini made a cut i think he was the only one that had a cut streak going as long as troy Merritt. what was he wearing this week there were some pink pants, some red pants. It's so funny, me and him are boys, but I saw him coming walking across the chipping green towards me, and I'm like, I'm walking the other way with him. <laughs> I don't need no small talk from the fucking sweet tart factory over there, or whatever those colors are. Like a fucking giant roll of sweet, sweet tart, tart factory. <laughs> it was like a giant roll of fucking sweet tart <laughs> with a fucking Panama jack hat. I don't get where he's got fucking coming from. Davis Riley trending on form. Was was right there. You son of a bitch. The week. We'll talk about the penny bet later. Sorry, Charlie. That was I didn't want to win that one. You know, I didn't want to win that one. I wanted to win the other ones are the ones I wanted to win because I wanted Pearson Cootie to play good. And the kid we've been talking about from North Carolina, kind of to wrap it up, but not really, because a couple of miscuts guys I want to talk about. Ryan Gerard made the cut, had to par the last hole Your to boy. make the cut up, doubling 16 or 17. And he got his two points, and he has special temporary membership, and he is in. Poon- you do want to know something? If we're going to do a Canada bet, you're going to have to read the whole field to me because other than Ryan Gerard, I really don't know who's playing, and I don't really don't give a fuck. Just, it's match play. Just, just go to all old golfers that uh, yes, John are Rawls. still technically yeah. on tour, but uh, have not played well yeah. over the past. MCs, it was a tragic, tragic week for Pearson Cootie, who was grinding his balls off all week long. You hate to My see it, Bobby. Daniel, they missed the cut by one shot. They bogey the last, the ninth hole. They fucking bogey the last. I look at his shot tracker. Of course I did. He fucking hit it in the rough. It looked like he hit it on the fringe. Because What is on shot tracker? I should know this 20 years later. When it says... um. What, what when it says what does it say when the ball's on the fringe? That's not primary rough, right? That's called no. something else. On yep. what's it called? Do you know the word? I I'm think it's called for? fringe. <laughs> oh, is I think it is. <laughs> Whatever. He's twenty five feet from the hole. He ran it by like nine feet or something. The only like reason that. I know this is because I watched Troy on the, the tour cast oh, every gotcha. week. All right. I'm. Am I the only one that calls the fringe the collar? Isn't yeah. the collar the? Actually, I like the collar better than the fringe. Yeah, call. Yeah, can can we? We need you on PGA Tour Live so that you can start dropping in those. Well, there it is. Those little gems. Me out of my caddy plane, seven cuts in a row. Take me out. (laughs) Somebody hire me. I'm way better than Christina Kim. I'll tell you that much. Not yes. fucking close. To what I'm talking about. So they bogeyed the last hole. They missed by a shot, but they bogeyed the two holes before that. They both they so they bogeyed two of the last three. So he must have been bent. And our guy that we jumped on the bandwagon, both me and you, is off form right now, and he's playing in the match play. Lefty, the lefty hooker himself, Brian Harmon, is yeah. off form right. Now. Ever since I that? picked him, he has been just yeah. absolute trash out there. Sorry, Brian. Valspar rundown. Bobby B out. Everybody else doesn't matter. No, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the Matt Wallace and Caddy Sam Bernard oh, yeah. getting after it against each Flinchy. other. He's so fucking nice to Flinchy. He's like, hey, baby, yeah, how are you this morning? You look wonderful. Where do you get those tennis shoes? I'm like, where'd you get those Nikes? He goes, I get them in Dubai. I'm like, oh, Dubai. I have a place there. Okay, fucking hit it, Frenchie. He's got the full hair. He's got the visor hair. on out there. He was rocking the Valspar Championship visor. 
and him and Wallace got into it. I know. I saw the video. That is no surprise for Matt Wallace. He's the biggest hothead on the PGA Tour. And I like Matt, and I talk to him all the time. And I told you that story at Minnesota last year when he was – throwing all these shots away late. And I'm like, I got to, I feel so bad for his caddy. I got to say something when I was cleaning his ball and I'm like, what the, f I, I, I can't remember what I said, but I'm like, what the fuck are you doing right now? Slow down or something like that. We were, we were not playing good so I could get away with it, but that he is the biggest hothead out of there. And that caddy of his does a good job. He works hard. He deflects so much shit from Matt because it's never Matt's fault. Right. It's always mm. something else that the cat that the, Caddy fucked up that Minnesota, that Minnesota story out there. 16 is like this drivable. They move it up over the weekend. It's a, it's a driver. Nobody lays up. It's like 286 front. Right. And he made double bogey with the driver left. And he goes, I remember he throws the club in the bag and he goes, no, I was, you talked me into it. I was never comfortable with this accent. I was never comfortable with it. You know, <laughs> fucking in the shit left automatic bogey or something like that. He ended up making double, you know, but this, so they just got into it, which is normal with, with Matt Wallace, but the media, you know, is going to run with something like that. He's like that guy off campus where you're like, Hey, let's go have a beer or something like that. And he fucking cracks you up. And then you get, and then you find, see the parents and you're like, God damn it. <laughs> Motherfucker, not psychopath this week. <laughs> now, so, Bobby, have you ever yeah. had a confrontation no. with a player like that? No, I don't no. think so. I think I got into it. I think I got into it. Well, I was going to say once, but now that I think about it really good, I think I've gotten into it two or three times before with Sung Jay back in, in the day, but it, it's more once it's more one-sided because he doesn't understand when you're firing back at him, what you're firing back. It's like you throw out all these fucking great one-liners and you're like, God, I just wasted those on the fucking inchy man who doesn't even understand what the fuck I'm saying right now, but I've never had it. I've never had it like that. I had it once a mini session with Eric actually back in the day when he was actually playing good, accusing me of costing him shots or something, because I think I said something stupid in my early years when he was over a pot and in the afternoon and I'd watched Jim Furyk in the morning, run the pot by like 18 feet. So he was having me read the putt and I'm like, uh, are, are you good on speed? Or so I said something like that. You good on speed thinking it was lightning fast. And he's like, yeah, I'm good on speed. And he left like six feet short and he goes, I know what you were saying. That's right. You're costing me fucking shots. I'm like, chill the fuck out, man. I probably shouldn't have said it. Guilty. What do you want to do now? Punch me? <laughs> Martha to carry your bag? He shouldn't have said he was good on speed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Apparently you weren't. You left the six feet short. I'd have hammered that thing six feet by. At least you see the break when it goes by. Old story. So that's so I've never never really had that happen too many times. I'm fucking fortunate. You know, I've had guys pull out their phones on Fridays looking for flights and shit, but nobody ever really knows that he's bad. You've had quite a few of those yeah. recently. Um, yeah. Anyways. Uh, no, we're smarter than that. We've already made our Friday flights, and we checked out of our hotels on Fridays, too. Uh, if you make the cut, I'll just find a hotel. It's no big deal. Airbnb is a hell of a thing. Don't think I'm not lying. Don't, don't, don't laugh. But Bobby, do you have the hotel app that uh, you book it at the last second? And you get those great deals on the hotels. I'm gonna have to share this with you off of off. Did I tell Airbnb. you about the, did I tell did we talk Tuesday night about the James Hahn Airbnb disaster? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that one was that. phenomenal. No, no, no. <laughs> but no, there's right. an app that you can book at the last minute. I'll share it with you. I used to use it all the time uh -huh. when I was traveling in business. Nope. 
Nope. I'll, I'll share it with you. You, you got to keep, you got to keep it on the DL because otherwise if it blows up, everybody's going to use it. So bro, I'm a Priceline expert. Bro. I look at it every hour on the hour. I know what's happening. Remember when you could bid on hotel rooms yeah. and, and yes, William that, Shatner was, was doing the commercials. I was the master at that. Now they've transitioned that. Now they were probably losing their ass. Now they give you the express deals, right? Yeah. The express deals where it doesn't take a genius to figure out what hotel it is. All you have to do is look at the, the basically the star or the location and exactly how many reviews and you can nail it exactly to what you're going to get. But the good news is if you book with the express deal, as soon as you check out within 20, like 48 hours later, they send you a 10% off express deal thing again. You gotta you love also kinda, the ten percent. Yeah, we you always love that discount, but they kind of sucker you into that because they know when you're going to use that coupon, they pump their fees off up next to like taxes and shit. And you're like, wait, <laughs> how come it's like this regular price and on express sales this, and I get ten percent off, and I'm only saving six dollars? I don't fucking get it. That's so, true. Anyway, that's true. What else you got, Bobby? Matt? Why don't What'd Why don't you, you tell me about this penny bet that we had? Oh yeah, which one? Well, you you're the genius that took Pearson Cootie, who I was gonna pick anyways. And just to make it interesting, I took Davis Riley, who and he won. Who, he we, who won. lost that playoff last year. But I thought it would be funny because Daniel used to work for Davis Riley and you took Pearson Cootie, so I, I did not want to win that bet. But the and best bet to talk about are the ones that are coming up towards the end yeah. of the show. That, the, that, the, uh, the golf bet or the golf picks, but louder. <laughs> golf picks but louder. Yeah, we can't do so. that this week can't no we can't i know this is really jamming me up bobby i really don't yeah. enjoy that we go we get one week and then it's like three weeks off with live golf right. it's like come on man let's have a real season to where every week we get action the ufc yeah. fixed this if the ufc can fix it live golf has got to fix it because remember when there used to be like a fight like once every couple months well UFC fix that with ESPN to where they literally have fights almost every single weekend. Live Golf, we need the same deal in order to keep that momentum because I'm hyped on Live Golf right now after the Tucson event. We'll get into it. But I, well, you're, I, well, you're only hyped because we figured out the funnest part about fucking Live yes. Golf is trying to figure out who the worst person exactly. is. Exactly. Or the worst team is that's the fun part. We don't even get a fuck fucking wins. blast. It's an yeah, absolutely epic. Who's smarter <laughs> on picking terrible players? You would think I, mean, I would never lose that. <laughs> there's a strategy there. Uh, I know. Now let's move okay, into so obviously Bobby w wins the the main penny bet last yeah, week. Main penny bet. Um so Davis Riley takes out Pearson Cootie. Which leads us into the upcoming World Golf Championships, yeah. Dell Technologies Match Play. Yeah. Bobby, why don't get... you give us an, a, an analysis of uh, Austin yeah, Country I'm Club? I'm going to give you an analysis of everything, but I was, it's funny. I was scrolling down the bracks and that kind of stuff, and I'm like, I'm going to get three or four matches to talk about that are kind of fucking interesting matches to me. Do you want to know something? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. There's some fucking matches tomorrow. I got 16 matches that I think that could go either way with some – I don't know. It's hard to explain. There's just 16 matches. I'm like, oh, fuck, that's a good match. That's a good match. Yeah. But I'll back you up for that golf course behind you is I've been I, I've been there a bunch. I've never really had a ton of success. I think um, uh, I'm going to say Siwoo made it one year to to the Sweet 16 and got knocked out, not, got knocked out by Justin Thomas, I think, on Saturday morning, which was a good match. But I've had some drama. You know, I've had some drama there. That course right there, Austin Country Club, is an unbelievable match play course because things can flip on on any hole and that backside there is just it's phenomenal you and know, it's the match. last year for it 
And it's the last year. But I think I'm going to put an asterisk on that because I had this sneaky suspicion. I've never heard anything about it, but I got a gut feeling that that maybe they're going to add a match play into somebody's date and make it an elevated event in the future. Wouldn't that be awesome? That would be sick. Think about it. They, they talk about how many players are going to be in these elevated events, 50 automatically qualify and there's 10 more that can get in. So that's 60. So they would only have to move it up by four people to get to that could be a possibility. That's what I think. And it'd be awesome. Can I tell you something? Them saying they're getting rid of the match play almost makes me a little bit sad because that's like a cool tournament. That's like the coolest tournament of the year. It's cool for a couple of reasons. I I don't know if they're getting rid of the match play, but Austin country club said, we're not doing it anymore. No, there's no more WGCs, period. This is the oh, last year. Oh, period. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, period. So this is the last time any there's going to be ever going to be a WGC event. And I think there's reasons for that now because it seems like all these purses are so huge because you remember when the when we first started getting these WGCs you'd be like holy fuck the purse is eight you go to Shanghai the purse is eight million dollars yeah. no cut you know it's and a tiger big, used to just freaking dominate them like yeah. he did the majors Dustin did too Dustin W did dominate in shit half of Dustin's winner are probably WGCs I would imagine shit I should know that I'm sure they're half of them are WGCs but um uh it's a great golf course. It's a great match play golf course. Um, I've been watching on TV kind of like like the interviews and stuff like that. The weather, I didn't see what it's like tomorrow, but it's been kind of cold and rainy there, kind of kind of cold and misty. So, you know, it is okay. First of all, when a, when the year starts as a caddy or a player, you're like one of the goals is that you have is to make the match play because that's top 64 in the world, right? But yeah. when these live guys bailed, when Troy was floating around the high 80s or low 90s, we were having discussions that this world ranking could go to the mid to high 70s or something like that and when you scroll down this field it sure as fuck did didn't it i mean yeah. it went it went way down there there's rookies playing in there i was shocked to see that ben griffin's actually in a, in a match and most people would go who's ben griffin but if you've been watching this year you know he's a rookie that's been pretty consistent and and had his chances and has just not been super comfortable on I mean, I could talk shit on a hit and run right now. I think he's not super comfortable, but I'll leave that person out of it who I'm going to blame, but they probably know who they are. They might get. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You want to hear Bobby Brown's intriguing matches? Yeah. There's 16 of them. This is going to be fucking three hours. This show. Wait for this. Okay. Here's the first one that caught my eye. Saeed Thagala and Minwoo Lee. Oh my God. We could do 20,000 pennies worth of bets here. We you just want to, do you want to go match no. by match no. and have 20,000 no. pennies? No, the there? last thing I want to do is wake up Monday morning and have to send you a fucking. No, let's, just, let's just go. Let's. And I would okay. call you on that. If uh, we ended up doing 20,000 pennies and I ended up winning it all. Yeah. I, I would, will. I would call you on that. I'd say, Bobby, it's time to send me a Venmo. Hey, well, let me just tell I you. I need the money. <laughs> for you to get my routing number and account number two. <laughs> hey listen okay so here's some good matches that i who would you think between saith the gala and minwoo lee who would be the favorite in that saith you think so because minwoo went deep in this thing last year i think i don't know exactly how but i think he went deep so i thought that would be a good one i think xander is going to have his hands full with cam davis oh. for some reason i think cam davis is a great ball striker he didn't play great at the president's cup he got a little experience am i the only one that thinks rory mcelroy is going to have a good match with scott stallings scott stallings has been playing great all year and lives and die lives and dies he's by the texas putter. guy too isn't yeah. he um uh, no tennessee he's a tennessee guy is yeah he? yeah he's a tennessee guy hmm. scott stallings. i don't know why i thought he was a texas guy 
Keegan Bradley's got to play the best putter on the PGA Tour. Danny McCartney, Denny McCarthy, who's been nothing but a gem of consistency all year. I'm going Denny McCarthy there. Yeah. You like that one, don't you? I do. Here's one. Here's a good one. Nobody knows who this is. Kirk Kitayama, Bobby's breakout player of the year, by the way. Wink, wink. Name of an episode. This guy that I like, this Adrian Moronk, the big six foot six dude that I was telling you about. He snuck in. He's like in the top 50. I think that'll be a good one. Um, uh, Let's see how Cam Young and Paul Tesori do against that young kid that's going to be a superstar, Davis Thompson. I think that's a good match. Well, let's call well, let's talk about the featured match, John Rahman, Ricky Fowler, right? That's the featured match for sure. Let's go, it? Ricky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jordan Spieth is facing a bulldog. Mackenzie Hughes is a bulldog. Listen to this. I think Max Holm was in trouble against Justin Sue. So. Oh, go fuck yourself, Bobby. <laughs> There's no chance. Which let's bet a thousand pennies. You can have okay. Max Holm. I got Holma. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see how i baited I you into that one fucking early christmas present yeah buddy that's but a thousand Justin's pennies been so good. he can he, overpower he's a good golf course. yeah that's a thousand pennies. oh man what well, isn't this gonna be great shit talking if justin <laughs> pulls off the upset against max homa um listen oh, you know what another you've, really you've got about hideki against what you've got about a one percent chance one percent <laughs> chance that justin sue wins hmm well, then I should have said, um, I, I need to get a two to one. Nope. <laughs> too late for that. <laughs> win <laughs> I'm too late. That so Hideki and Kiz, I think that's a, a featured uh, match. I think Scotty Scheffler is the king, but he plays Seamus Power. I'm a big Seamus Power fan. I think oh, that'll I'll be go good. Scotty Here's another there. upset. I... What about, um, uh, no, I'm not fucking doing two stupid bets in a row, no way. <laughs> but I'm going to do this stupid bet if you want a piece of this. I love Victor Perez over Colin Morikawa. Oh, I'm taking Colin Morikawa all day. That That's another stupid bet of yours. I watched Victor Perez dismantle Sungjae there a couple of years ago, a few years back, and I was impressed with this fucking thoroughbred. And I know he's playing good, really good right now. He just caught a dub a few weeks ago. Come on, Victor. Siwoo <laughs> and Chris Kirk, that's a good match. Oh, Siwoo, um, baby. Uh, yeah, Sungjae and Mav McNeely. Tucky, you brought up Butch Harmon. Maverick McNeely fired Butch Harmon two really? weeks ago. Yeah, and went to Scott Hamilton, who's a pretty, pretty um, popular guy out here. And I was sitting down with, um, uh, with his, with, with um, Maverick's caddy having breakfast last week, and he was telling me the story and that kind of stuff. And he's like, "I think fucking Mav's going to play good." Scott Hamilton saw something, and you know, and he striped it on Tuesday, and he striped it on Wednesday. I think he was four or five under on after the first day. He backpedaled though, pretty good. He made the cut, but he was right around the lead. Um, uh, oh wait, Seamus. Oh, I got I got it wrong. Seamus Power is actually again. I wrote Scotty down. He's against Adam Scott. Oh, back up. that'll be a good back match. Back up. Back up. Because here's because here's the here's another good match. Scotty Shuffler and Davis Riley. There's two Texas boys. I want to do it. You I'm want not you, stupid? Oh no. <laughs> but I'm going to give you one last opportunity on Bobby Brown's 16th featured match. Tom Kim and my boy. Alex Noren. You oh, want to I'm, take your I'm little taking Tommy Kim, baby. Let's go, Tommy Kim. I love me self. some Tommy Kim. So wait, we got three thousand penny bets out there right now. Yes. Yeah. I got Justin Saw, you got Max Homa. I got Victor Perez, you got Colin Markawa. I got Alex Noren, and you have Tom Kim. If I went to Vegas and bet a hundred dollar parlay. Yeah, my three guys at their odds, I would be driving out of there for in a Brinks truck. 
if they won with those huge odds. So I could be just giving money away. Fucking Brinks truck, back it up. Beep, beep, beep. Thank goodness you signed your life away to the tour. (laughs) (laughs) You ain't kidding. What else is next? Wow. So I don't even know. I I think the penny bets are solid there. We're just going to go with the day one penny bets on that. Um, Well, we've got also, because it is the last WGC event. Is it the last WGC event this year? No. I just said that twice. Yes. Last God damn it. Um, (laughs) Because of that, we have a secondary PGA Tour event, which is the upcoming Corrales Punta Cana Championship. Bobby, have you ever been down there in Punta Cana? No. (laughs) They're really playing. Bobby's not going to have too much to uh, share with us on a course analysis down there. Um, You know, you got a lot of guys like Aaron Baddeley. You've got... uh, other guys like uh probably i think Sabatini's playing i think there's quite a few of the older guys i went through the list earlier today and was just looking at a lot of the names and it's a lot of guys from the past right a lot of guys that are no longer playing up to snuff but yet they need an event they need points they need to continue which is why i like these events it's mostly mostly corn fairy tour guy you know it's it's 48 or 50 corn fairy tour guys and it's all the 126 to 150 category oh you got akshay batia You've yes. got uh, Ryan Ryan Gerard's playing, who just got special temporary. Yeah. Um, and then it goes. Is Pearson playing? Uh, no, 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 no. They're, they're actually the the Corn Fairy Tour is actually um, a couple hours away in Savannah this week. So oh. he's playing in Savannah this week. He's back to the Corn Fairy Tour, but he's close to getting special temporary. So they are accepting a spot into San Antonio the week back on the big tour. So they're I think they're flip flopping right now. That's great. He goes through all of his exemptions. I think he's getting one in Charlotte, Daniel said, and he's also getting one in Dallas at the Byron oh, that's Nelson. That's awesome. He's he's going to be able to try hot off the press, folks. Hot off yeah, the press. Hot off, yeah, hot off the press. So the Corn Ferry Tour is in Savannah. He's not playing. But I was going to tell you, they even go to this one cat, this category outside of 150 on the FedEx Cup points last year, where guys like even like guys like Sam Moon Bay or something like that get in. So, but my point is, isn't it Sung Moon Bay? Is it Sang Moon oh, Bay? It, it's Sang. Is it I Sang think. or Sung? Well, I, I talk to his agent all the time. I think it's Sang. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to bet on the can. <laughs> can we bet on his name? Sung versus Sang? For oh, a thousand pennies? Sang, you'll know. Oh, it's Sang Moon Bay, bro. I've been paired with him numerous times. <laughs> I got you thinking, though. You started doubting yourself there. See how that works? No. <laughs> Um, if you were to throw out a name, we don't have to bet on the Punta Cana because I originally, I thought we would throw out a penny bet, but I didn't realize we were going to go 3000 penny bets on the match play. So I think we're good there. You good there? Yeah, I'm good there. Okay. So that's our analysis on the, uh, it is quick and fast for the upcoming Corrales Punta Cana championships. Okay. (laughs) Fast and loose. No now, disrespect to my fellow caddies that are there. Sorry. Yeah, no. And by the way, Joel Damon won that tournament. Remember? Yeah, that was did. his Turn first tour win in a yeah. long th- Well, that was his first one, wasn't it? First and only. Yeah. yeah first there and go. only. Yeah. First and only. <sighs> Shit's coming back to me after that toad poison experience. So uh, are we on to our favorite part of the show? Almost. Almost, okay, Bobby, because I've got a little golf league concept for you. Okay. okay and this go. is where I think live golf 
went a little bit too overboard with some of their stuff with how they're structured at the time being. And this is more from a league standpoint and from a concept. So here's my biggest take. Everybody talks about the fact that golf takes too long, right? Now, Live Golf has kind of shortened that with the shotgun starts because when you look at everybody's time, everybody has so much stuff that they can do nowadays, so much media to consume because of the internet. Like, you can spend time on TikTok, Instagram, like social media pages. You can watch movies on Netflix. Like, you can binge watch TV shows. There's so much that you can do. There's so much, so many different sporting events and everything going on over the weekends. So everybody talks about how, you know, four and a half to five hours to spend watching something is a long stretch of time. It's too much time to give to something, right? Now, with that, even Live Golf with their shotgun starts is still around four and a half to five hours. Um, golf broadcasts, if you watch on the Golf Channel and the PGA Tour, and then you watch the rest of it on the main broadcast, you're spending about seven, eight hours watching golf, right? So it's tough as somebody who watches it in order to break it down on a weekly basis with you, um, you're out there. So you're seeing it kind of firsthand and then you're kind of watching it afterwards um, where I'm watching that entire damn thing. Now, the new concept that I have would only take less than three hours for 18 holes. I'm not talking about a simulator league like they're talking about doing with uh, that the Tiger Golf League deal. Um, but think about it this way. What if each team, so you take a live type of concept where you have teams and you, re, you base them regionally throughout the country. Now, with that, you got teams of four and maybe you have a bench player, right? Because we talked about maybe you have a couple guys on the bench that you can cycle through. One guy's playing better than another guy. Um, you can bring him in, but you create a season, an actual season to where you've got head-to-head matchups and each team has their own course. But we're not talking about because with the rollback of the golf ball and everything, it's all about guys hitting it too far. Or they get too much of an advantage. What if it's on a par three course? What if we go back to accuracy, just like in the old days, accuracy, short game, putting, and these courses that are for each of the teams, they can structure them to what fits and benefits their squad. So just like in baseball, each stadium is a little bit different. Teams build their roster based off of how the stadium is set up. Yankee Stadium, for example, right field, really short. So you want a lefty that's going to hit a lot of pop flies out to right field because it's got a chance of going out of the ballpark, Boston Red Sox, a little bit different. You got left field with the monster, hit a high pop fly. So granted, you've got these different aspects. So if all of a sudden one course has really undulating greens because guys have tremendous short games, think of guys like Phil Mickelson, Bubba Watson. If you had those and then you set it up to where each of those golf courses have lights, now you can get into prime time because you can have these matches take place at night. And each one is a match play event. So it's head to head, team versus team, rather than doing it tournament style. Because tournament style, you're really still stuck in the individual game that, okay, we're going to have a tournament, top guy's going to win all this boatload of money. And Live Golf can talk about the team aspect as much as they humanly want. But when you've got the high flyers heading into, in first place, heading into the final round, 
and then all of a sudden dropping down to like sixth place or something like that and the iron heads going from like last place all the way up to third like these are things that you can't really buy into that team event and aspect to it right but you do a full season and then you have a traditional playoffs to where you take the top teams and then you have them actually play to a champion but it's that head-to-head feel of match play and you can get it done in less than three hours can be a prime time event i don't you want to know what i liked about what you said about all that yeah under the lights part yeah that's catchy isn't it yeah wouldn't that be freaking great and then you've got and it could be the last hole for instance of each of these golf courses that set up like a stadium just like tpc scottsdale 16. at first i thought every hole could be kind of set up that way but that would be a lot of property to cover and it would be tough for the fans to get in and out but think of 18 as you're coming down you've got this stadium set up and you've bought your seats right so you go in you're watching that final the hole the match is all coming into play um anyways Long story short, investors call me because yeah. well, this concept you know, I, could I take off. Bra- I wonder if the brass sneaky years at in Ponte Vedra at the PGA Tour. I mean, I'm sure somebody has. There's been discussions. There has to have been discussions about a future team concept on the PGA Tour or something years from now or something like that. Or let's watch and see how it goes with Liv. I don't know. You know, I think you have a good idea, but I, the under the lights part's got me for sure. So the under part. Call the me. one the one thing that I would say that everybody I feel like would have the same feel until they see it is about it being a par three short course. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. there's no excitement behind yeah. it. Like, well, oh, who fun. loves playing? But yeah. when you play Mountain Shadows week in and week out, and you've also got a par three course called seven up at Desert Mountain, which by yeah. the way, might be the best golf course up there. It's a par three yeah. course. And yeah. the greens are so cool and undulating that you see these shots like yeah. Tiger at Augusta on on uh, 16, hitting that shot to the side and then having it trickled down. And that turned into yeah. one of the most iconic Good moments. Point. I mean, Good those point. are shots that you would get on here. And granted, it would be quick, right? So you would constantly yeah. be seeing shot after shot after shot. But I also think having that home field or home course advantage is huge and that's something you don't get right now so that leads us right into once again investors call me into live golf tucson recap um so we had journeyman danny lee changes his life with a lot of fucking money we call him the quitter (laughs) out there he was i think he was already rich to tell you the truth he had some good yeah he i mean he you remember he won the I'm going to say he won the the Johnny Walker in Europe used to be a huge tournament back mm. in the day, like a huge tournament, like almost like one of their off the record majors. And I want to say he was like 17 when he won it. So he is, you know, he's had some, he's had some good years. He's had some good years. I think he's, yeah, he's Asian. He's got money. You know, I know on social media is always showing pictures of his Porsche and that kind of stuff. I can tell you one thing. He probably, until that last pot went in, he probably didn't as obviously didn't have as much money as he does now. But my point is, as I always heard stories in the sneaky background that he that his okay so he's from South Africa supposedly but he's actually Korean New Zealand right? he's New Zealand excuse me he's actually Korean and I think the deal is is they got him out of there when they knew he was going to be a world class player at a, at a young age 
That's yeah, right. You shared that whole, before. It's the whole Korean it, military yeah. thing is what I think the deal is on something like that. But I've also heard stories that like the dad just bled him dry, right? Finances, like he's supporting the whole family and that kind of stuff. The dad was running the money. He didn't have any control. I don't know the gory details, but I heard they ended up being gory, but he just buried something from, I, I didn't, you know, I haven't even thought about watching any live golf on tv that's your department but i did see on twitter or somewhere on social media i did catch a replay of him burying that thing from off the green it didn't look like he had a good shot in there that's for sure it looked like he just kind of fluked one in the next thing you know he's taking home four million dollars you, you do you know that i, I want to say that i read that danny lee in the last three years was it two years or three years out here so irrelevant that he either wd he we call him the quitter out here he either wd or he missed the cut like 32 out of 47 tournaments and had possibly one top 10 in the last five years at full fit, not, not, not considering opposite field events like Punta Cana or something like that. So it got really, really, it got really, really stinky for him, you know, really, really stinky. And I, I've always liked Danny, honestly, for some reason, I, he's, a, he's great. He's goofy. You know what I mean? You just never know what he's thinking. And he, he, kind of fucked himself he went down that george gankis route when it was hot for mm. a couple months there to try and get speed and what the same thing that's fucked up some kang and the same thing that's probably fucked up matt wolf too is this game i mean gankis is not really a good teacher is what i'm going to say you know he teaches things that just don't make really any sense and it's all about hitting at 330 or 340 so danny's kind of tur turned into a bomber there for a while and he was always bragging when we play practice rounds with Koreans about how far he could hit it and that kind of stuff. And he made on these ungodly recoils, but he just made $4 million. And it's funny. We were laughing. We were laughing that, well, this is where lives at. They got to get Steely and, and Danny Lee. Right. And one of them wins. And both of them were in the playoff. Actually, Steely yeah, was in were. that playoff. It was, was a four man playoff. Danny Lee, Steely, um, Usta Hazen and, and Carlos Ortiz. So, I mean, <sighs> And did you well, watch it though? Like it, it no, it was, I didn't watch any of it. Well, that playoff was all struggle city. Nobody was hitting good shots in eighteen. It well, was it was pretty brutal. Um, but I will say this: it is a tough, tough scenario for Live Golf because they really need their top guys that they signed to millions of dollars yeah, to be at the top shit. of these leaderboards, and they're not playing well. And They're then playing. you've got guys like, I mean, Charles Howell the third. I mean, some would call him a journeyman at this point, yeah. Uh, yeah. especially at this point in his career. Danny Lee, another journeyman. You know, getting guys like that to win, and then you're going up against other journeymen in that playoff. The only yeah. one really is Usti, who, like, granted, he he was right there, but I just don't well, think that he, that's he, helping the brand and helping them grow. Can I tell you something? U Usti is a ball striker, right? And yeah. some guys are going to make the argument that ball strikers that that these okay, when you got Bryson finishing 44th, um Kepka 29th, you know, okay, DJ, you beat me out a thousand pennies. DJ finished. Hang on, we'll get to 13th. the penny bets. Yeah, I know. But my point is is that Dustin John I told you he was gonna have trouble at that course, and I was right. I was right for almost 52 holes, but he birdied the last he birdied the last two to squeak in. But uh, you know, I was popping off. But you will say that these courses, these last two courses are ball striker courses. But getting back to Louis, Louis, Louis's been super consistent on the PGA tour. He's a fantastic awesome player, but 
he's never won on the PGA Tour, right? Any PGA Tour sanction of anyone was would have been the British Open way back mm -hmm. when in 2010 or something like that. Carlos Ortiz hits a good Steely's a ball striker, right? Steely's a phenomenal iron player, he's a phenomenal ball striker, but these guys got to step it up. I mean, Charles Howell's playing phenomenal. He looked like he was going to win, and <clears throat> I think he kind of gave it away late, if I'm not mistaken. I read. Um, Scott McGinn is good for him. Mito finished six. That's got to be a hell of a payday. That's got to yeah. be 700 grand. So good for him. Kevin Na showing little signs of life, finished eighth. Big deal. I mean, he's, 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 I was reading something where he said, I got a shit ton of money and they're giving out a shit ton of money here. Yep. So, you know, um, Uline continued good play, he finished 10th. DJ backdoor T13 by birdie in the last T holes. Other than that, he was going to finish outside the top 20. I mean, Bubba Watson, 23rd, Patrick Reed, 18th. Like I said, Kepka, lefty, 32nd. Um, Kokrak, 38th. I, I want to bring up Kokrak and I'm going to group all of these guys into a group for you. When you get paid that much fucking money up front, Matt, how hard are you going to practice? That's the how thing. Hard are you gonna practice? The only guy who's practicing really, really hard, and I heard this on the Fire Pit Collective with Alan Shipnow. No, is Carl Bryson. Pitt. Bryson, well, he, and Alan's saying that there's something wrong with Bryson, but nobody's yeah. saying it. Nobody yeah. is coming well, out and saying what's going on with him. Nobody ever, when he was on the PGA Tour, nobody practiced harder than Bryson too. But we always thought it was, a, is it eccentric? The word I want to use? It was crazy practice, right? He was doing mm. crazy practice for no rhyme or no Very reason. Very eccentric, yep. You're yeah, right. trying to explore this or explore that and that kind of stuff instead of practicing on possibly things that need to get better. You know what I mean? It was always speed or this or that or that kind of stuff. So I believe it. Hey, listen, nobody's ever going to tell me that Charles, I don't care how much money Charles Howell got. He's always been a, a, a workaholic. You know, those Latinos work hard on their game. I'm sure Carlos Ortiz is a super hard worker. I'm not saying all of them. I'm saying the majority of those big names that people that they threw out you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to, I don't care if Dustin Johnson has never seen Mayan Coba or doesn't like that Arizona course or whatever. He's still Dustin Johnson, right? And you can't possibly tell me that he's getting after five or six days a week like he used to when he was the man. on Bobby, the I told you, he he's packed on some pounds, man. Like yeah, he's got I'm a sure. stomach right now. He good looks life. big in that golf shirt. And good life. I also have to put foot in mouth here. <laughs> Um, yeah, God damn it. Pat Perez, you got me this wow. week. You've shot five you know, under. You actually played pretty, pretty good. He finished third. Yeah. He finished 13. So I got a theory on that motherfucker. Cause you know, I, as far as I think he's a motherfucker, but here's my theory because we'll oh, talk yeah. about it a little yeah. bit later, but we already know that these teams, they, they're not getting the team money, right? 75, the, the, um, uh, live on 75% yeah. of the teams. Right. And then Dustin, the captains, and then everybody else gets 25. Everybody else gets 25%. Perez probably thought in the offseason, holy fuck, I'm fucked. I got to work on my game because I'm not going to make $8 million. I'm not going to mooch the team money anymore and make one putt in Miami and tell the world that I held, you know, my end of the bargain when, when nine other events, you know, you couldn't find me with a fucking search warrant. So maybe he's got a renewed faith in practice. Oh, you know what he found, Bobby? He found he Pel Peloton. 
Oh my God. Yeah, no. He, he said, I, I don't lift weights. I don't do this. Yeah. I don't do that. So, yeah. He, he goes, but I, I got yeah. a Peloton and I just sit there and the screen's on and I just race. Yeah. Everybody did that during the COVID, Pat. Nobody does that anymore, dude. I don't know if you got the fucking memo or not. That's when all the Peloton shit was going on. Whatever. He likes to talk. Let's be honest. Let's go on a little Perez rant. Nobody is the most thin skinned individual God has ever made. He's a disher, but he. He ain't a he taker. can't take it. He cannot take it. His only answer to anybody, he freaked out. Yeah, his only answer to anybody is how rich he is. Right? That's his only. That's his only defense. That's the only way he can really one up everybody. But he sure ain't one up in those guys saying that in that locker room that he strolls through every day with forty some other guys. He might be richer than about eight of them. That's for sure. So he's probably playing hard. He's probably playing harder. But these are courses that he would play good on, right? You start taking him to bigger, bigger ballparks, and then maybe the DJs and and those kind of thoroughbred players are gonna show there. Well, I'm proud of him for sh- showing up and shooting yeah. a five under. You know, good for him. Uh, yeah. That's where I <laughs> listen with all the bad blood and everything, and yeah. it, I I. I got into uh, a, a scenario to where uh, had people reach out saying uh, he needed to get in touch with me because oh, yeah. of the things that uh, were said on the podcast. I just laughed because uh, guess guess what, Pat? If you're listening, you have me blocked and you have pull hook golf blocked. So you can't actually contact me because you have me blocked. I don't have you blocked. So you if you need really to chat. The, we, know, we know who does the blocking in that family. That, it's just so <laughs> funny because people were like, oh, Pat's been trying to get in touch with you. No, he has it. So um, sure enough, uh, he has me blocked. And uh, yeah, Pat, if you ever need to touch base, give me a call, buddy. I'm right here. So anyways, um, yeah. Good, good on you. I had you as the worst player for last week, and uh, yeah. you proved me wrong, which is why we create bulletin board material from time to time. So, again, uh, done with my little rant for uh, so good go. old you, Fatty well, Pat. Started it. That was one of our penny bets that I throttled you on because I stuck to my guns and with with, with C1 Kim, who if you turn the leaderboard upside down. You had a perfect pick. Back, perfect if pick. You, if you turn the leaderboard upside down, in Mayakoba and last week in Arizona, Siwon Kim wins by many, many. I think it was 23 <laughs> over par last week. So I got a, th- I got a thousand there. Well, but I'm it's our golf about- picks, but louder yeah. recap, okay? Oh, golf yes, picks, perfect. but louder recap. Your famous intro. Yeah. And then our other and then our other one was me, you know, Dustin Johnson on the top 20 or better, which let's be honest, day one, he's rolling around 40th. And then he makes a couple birdies and he moves up to like 34th. And then he's laying fucking sod out there and he's tied for 21st. You knew what happened on Sunday. And then he birdies the last two to leapfrog and get you a win. You're welcome. And I lost the worst team bet because somehow Kevin Na's team finished second. With C1 King. After the first day, actually, hang on. I think it was after day two that they were in last place, weren't they? No, they were never in last place. No, they were never in last place. But who was your team? You're you're Mickelson. The High Flyers. Oh, we were in first place. We were in first place after two days. You had a sick memory. You were talking about how shitty it is that they went so much. I thought I was running the tables with Dustin starting the day at T30, and I knew that the C1 Kim bet could not lose. 
And then I looked at, and then I did scan down the team thing. And I'm like, oh my God, he's got a six shot lead on me. I'm not going to lose this. The same scenario that you said when I flipped you uh, at Mayakoba with that team thing. So let me summarize it this. Bobby, two wins, Matt, two wins. Bobby's still stuck 5,000 pennies. Yeah. Well, you, you got 3,000 more coming up. If you actually get your match play, which... yeah. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to work in your favor, but I if know, it does, all I, do, all I have to do is win one to talk shit to you. That's <laughs> true. That is true. You, you only need one and yet I'll just have all the money, but with all of this going on the teams and actually there's one more tagline. So we have our, our golf picks, but louder. And now there's a new tagline for live golf. That is TV ratings, but lower. Because oh, yeah. the TV ratings were horrendous. Might be the worst decision that they made was moving it off of YouTube and going yeah. with the CW. Um, yeah. Because I and I've seen all the tweets and everything. And it's just like, why go down that path? Like, why, like was there something that they thought that they were going to get out of this entire deal? Like, did they think that all of a sudden they were going to get advertisers and all this and that and that they could spin it? that the CW was such a big win for them. I think they really thought that. Um, so TV ratings are low. You got journeyman winning. It, this is not good for live golf, but I will say that they had a Arizona showed up Arizona. Yeah. They had some good wow. crowds out there, which was pretty cool. And oh, then yeah. I was listening to the fire pit collective with Alan Shipnuck. And one of the reasons why I'm, intently listening to that podcast now is because he's writing a book on live golf. So he's going to all the live golf events. And the first thing that he talked about was the fact that Greg Norman had told him weeks ago that, yeah, we'll talk, we'll, we'll, we'll meet up because he wants to interview Greg for this book, right? He wants to make right. it about the business model and the disruption with the PGA tour. So it's actually very pro live golf from what he's saying on the podcast. Now, he said Greg Norman has been basically muzzled by his bosses. I've heard to, that. Yeah, to where that. he's not able to do any media whatsoever. He can't chat with him. And every time that Greg even responds to uh, a message, and he goes, I'm trying to chase him down at the events. And he's constantly on the move because I'm like looking for him. So he says that uh, he keep saying it's not the right time, not the right time. I, I can't meet up and Alan's offered him fancy dinners. Um, Greg, you can select all the wine that we drink, um, like really putting out this sweet offer to him and just absolutely nothing. And then the other big one that kind of hit me was um, his co-host on there uh, mentioned that it has a feel of a fly by night startup company. And right. Alan actually agreed with that. Now, he said that's not necessarily a negative thing, but it definitely has that feel. Now, if you know the term fly by night, it's basically this company comes out of nowhere and then all of a sudden they go belly up. And right. it does have that feel. You and I have talked about it with yep. all the executives leaving and everything. But I didn't know that Greg Norman, when he made the Kaskagi uh, comment about how, oh, people make mistakes. Yeah. One of the executives left because of that. So yeah. 
That's one of the reasons why they're just putting a big muzzle on Norman is because every time he says something, they get executives that are leaving and it's not very good of a situation. I do have a question for you around it. Now, Alan talked about the team concept and how in a microcosm, it's actually working because he saw the Latin fans out there following the fireballs and they were all talking in Spanish and everything. So I got to ask you, Matt, it's Tucson, bro. <laughs> it's fucking right on the Mexican border. Have you ever been to Tucson? I lived I there for I lived there for two years while my ex-wife went to the U of A. There's oh. it's it's 90% Latinos. That's oh, what see. I can say to that. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I was just gonna it. ask you. I was I was literally going to ask, what do you think of the Latino fans following around as an example of the team concept working. Does it make sense? Does it not? It, I, I think it made sense for the Latinos that week, you know, yeah. because it, it's a Latino based, you know, community for sure. It's 90. Well, I'm, I'm packing that number. It's probably not 90%, but it's Latino everywhere down there. And, you know, let's be honest, Latinos are very passionate about their sports and they're very passionate about their sports figures. And they bring a certain energy to, they can bring a certain energy to a state, obviously to a stadium, but to a gallery too. And players can feed off of that. And I think that's a, I think that was probably an advantage for that team. Don't you think? I mean, I think that's a huge advantage. You know, they get, they're not there with a, you know, Spain flags or Mexican flags or whatever, you know, and it's like, you're, you know, you'd see them. It's it's kind of a somewhere between a you know a FIFA World Cup and a and a Ryder Cup possible Ryder Cup experience with the passion and the flags and everything like that. So I think they certainly they obviously played great, but I think they certainly fed off that. But I can't stop helping thinking about how this team money doesn't. It's like fucking irrelevant for them now. <laughs> Right. It is. And then it's all talked about that the team is going to become even more of the focus and attention. And it's partially because of what we talked about at the first event, which was that they even announced it on air that their entire focus is around franchises and selling these off to investors that are going to become the team owners. Because the players, the main players, like a Dustin Johnson, a Phil Mickelson, they own a small percentage of that team, which makes sense that the money is going to the team. But 75% of that, as you mentioned, is owned by Live Golf. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, I read, was it today? I read that. Okay, number one, let's get back to Norman. Didn't he say at the end of the year last year that all these teams were going to have owners by this yeah. time, by this season, okay, false. Nobody really has an owner. I did read that four four teams have sponsors lined up. Whatever that means, that's very vague. A sponsor it could be a sleeve deal or something like that. But you know what got me today was when I read that they said, um, maybe it came from Shipnook, that the these teams are going to sell for ten figures. I couldn't even do the math on that. I finally figured it out. Is that a billion dollars? Hundred million is hundred million is nine figures, right? So se- seven figures is a million. So yeah, ten figures is a billion. Yeah, it's a billion. Oh my god, what are they? I'm not a mathematician, but what are they smoking over there? I, mean, I read it right too. I read it right. Ten figures. I, I just don't see it. I don't see anybody being that big of an idiot with that yeah. that amount of money. I mean, yeah, there, there's I only so many. 
there's only so much oil money out there, right? Jeez. I, you know, they had that big player. They had their player meeting last week too, right? Did you read yeah. about their player? They had that player meeting and, and, you know, from the articles, I never talked to anybody, but the, the articles I, I read about it, everybody's like, we don't know whether to shit or get off the pot right now. Nobody's really knows what's going on. You know, they're introducing all these new concepts. Nothing's still the same. Did you know that, that apparently they are, you know, that they are really tightened the spending, right? They're like, they have auditors are going through and auditing everything, checking everything two or three times with, you know, with accountants and that kind of stuff, as far as team expense, team expenses go. And Shipnick was even talking about how the first year in the media tent, they had these lavish buffets and all that kind of stuff. And now it's back to the same old prepackaged sandwich and that kind of stuff. There was another point I wanted to bring up on that too. Did you hear today that somebody from the live, either the broadcast team or the tech team said that they cut all their benefits? Ooh, like insurance benefits no, and retirement, see that. And like that. Yeah, Google that one up if you get a chance tonight. Mm. When that starts really kicking in, that they so they are cutting, they are cutting corners left and right. I also read, and correct me if I'm wrong, that um, uh, some of these teams have opened up a line of credit or something like that for expenses. Some of these bottom of the barrel teams that aren't making any money or something have opened up a line of credit that has to come due at the end of the year check that out check that out too if I you will. can find I'll, something yeah might think have about to it. Uh, follow up on that if next week these bottom of the barrel teams that don't do jack shit in the team money that are just stinking it up and finishing last to next to last every single week i mean they're they're gonna eventually have to start paying past the top three for team money because they don't right yeah they the, don't the, the model the model while some areas seem like, for instance, like the regionality of having an all Latin team, right? Makes yeah. sense. There's others to where like that same concept doesn't work because you've got teams like the Crushers, for instance. And the Crushers are supposed to be these long hitting guys that, uh, you know, if that's Bryson's team. But you got a guy like Anubhan Lahiri or... Um, not on it wait yeah on on lahiri on I that team yeah. who only hits at about 250 yards no he carries it further than that he carries it further. Than yeah that. but he's not a crusher he's one of the shorter guys out no there. he's one of the shorter guys out there but everybody even so a short hitter now these days probably carries it 285 290 that's what you would consider a short hitter right in in bad conditions yeah anybody can hit a 250 but ani bonds a little bit longer than than 250 but he's not he's no crusher what the yeah, hell are exactly the but <laughs> then you've got other teams that are mixed together so it doesn't exactly work that's why i look at live golf and it's like there's things that are good about it and yeah. then there's things that just don't make sense now yeah. alan was saying that uh, on his podcast that he felt like those the constant changes and everything were being portrayed by guys like Phil Mickelson as oh this is good leadership because they're yeah. listening to us right but when you have a hodgepodge put together and they also yeah. did mention that they don't know what the hell they're doing and they didn't mean that in a bad way it's just like they're trying to figure it out but it yeah. feels like there's too many gaps too many issues going on with it from a business sense that it's yeah. going to be tough to put this thing together and have yeah. this be something that goes on for several years. Unless, like I said, the one caveat is with the Saudi money, they can just keep putting money into it. Yeah. And if they don't care, 
then yeah. to losses, well, then it's just going to keep going if on. They're checking on these expenses and making all these cutbacks. Somebody up top is starting to care yeah, about where all this money's going and why did we throw? I I just think, think <coughs> excuse me, that they're they're like, okay, this is we we've overdone it. You know, we're spending too much money. We got to cut the range back a little bit here, a little bit there. So we'll see. The we'll broadcast see though is great. I'll give it that because you got Faraday on there. I mean, the broadcast has tightened up since last year. Faraday's the best part about it, right? He's got all right. the one-liners. He's hilarious. And yeah. it's fast. It's fast moving for a younger generation. Yeah. The PGA it Tour needs old. to take it some notes, though. It gets old after a while, though, doesn't it, Faraday? It's the same thing every single week. It was even like that on the, on the PGA Tour. Yeah, the, but I will I mean, say this. Fun. You can't tell me Jerry Fultz is a good announcer. Come on, man. I think no. you are. I'm not. I'm. I'm not at all. But you can't the tell broad... me those chicks out on the golf course or the Arlo or whatever are good announcers. They're not. It's all Faraday. It's a one man show, isn't it? It, it is. Still... But when I talk about the broadcast, I'm also talking about them not showing tap in putts. And there yeah. was actually an analysis between how many putts that the PGA Tour shows that are tap ins versus Live Golf, and it it's yeah. a stark contrast. So you I'm get sure. shot after shot after well, shot with Live Golf. Where you we don't, have, we have 150 man fields, so they got 40 fucking how many? But you should think that more, with that I many know. people out well, in the I, field playing golf and hitting golf shots, that they should have more ability to switch between shots that are important or yeah. just good golf shots than having it be it, where you're seeing tap in putts and they're spending way too long of a time trying to build out a storyline that you're just like this is boring that's why i used to take naps i think that uh, i think the t i think tv golf broadcast probably have a lot of improving to do right maybe there's they're sitting behind closed doors and they're watching these live broadcasts occasionally they're bringing new ideas to the table for them yeah i agree well Let's bobby i know it's getting late over there buddy so yeah we wrapped up a big episode today and i am grateful for having yes. you stay through it all and i didn't see one yawn because everybody bobby's just, over I, on the I east just, coast I one in when I oh go like you this. snuck it in see i was going to yeah. give you all this credit for no no yeah. yawning but bobby's over on the east coast i'm on the west coast so we've got a three three hour gap so i'm primed ready to go bobby's yeah. about to take a nap <laughs> he's fading fast but bobby thank you so Thanks, much buddy. my man and yes. i will see you next week you got it, bro. Take care, everybody. You See well. Bye Thank you for tuning in to Season 2 of the Pull Hook Golf Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe and go to www.pullhookgolf.com for more information.